0: Holy Spirit, the dunamis power. Then, in Ephesians 3, turn there for a second, Uh, Ephesians 3.10 As you're turning there, I'm going to get a drink. Ephesians 3.10 Can you hear okay? Yeah, no, maybe. Start yelling some more. Ephesians 3.10 says this. His intent, this is speaking Jesus, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Who is the church? Okay, five of you answered. Who is the church? We are. We are the church. So Jesus said, it is through the church, you and I, that the manifold wisdom and power of God is made known, not just to the lost, but to his principalities and powers. Let me tell you, did you know the enemy's... Biggest enemy, Satan, our enemy, his biggest enemy is a church on fire. A church that is proactive and not passive. And I don't know if you've seen in the news and in the world, the enemy is trying to shut the church down. This, the church is the only agent, physical agent on earth, that can keep him from doing his work. And if he can keep the church hiding, keep us living in fear, if he can make us say that that marriage is whatever you want to do, or sin is whatever, you can do whatever you want, or he can just keep us quiet and say, well, it's politically incorrect to talk about Jesus, so we want to talk about Jesus. If he can do that, then he can be happy. And people can continue to slide down, and he can capture them and destroy them and send them to hell. On the other hand, the church can rise up according to Ephesians 3.10 and say, you know what, we're not going to let that happen. So let me tell you just for a few minutes, we're not going to give the devil uh, glory. I, I can't stand him. I hate his works. Okay? He, is, he is disarmed. He is defeated. And he wants to keep the church passive because he knows if he can keep us down, he can have his way. It's time for us to serve him notice beginning today that we're not going to sit down anymore. Amen? We're not going to allow society to tell us what the Bible says. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're no longer allowed the enemy to take people captive and destroy their lives. So let me give you some biblical background. Okay? The first is this, Satan is the enemy. Say that with me. Satan is the enemy. Okay, now say it if you really don't like him. Satan is the enemy. So John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have a lot of scriptures for you, so you're going to have to just write a lot. I want you to listen, okay? But I have come that they may have life. As you know, Satan wants to cause pain to the redeemed. He hates the redeemed of the Lord. He hates Israel. He hates the redeemed of the Lord. He hates the Jews. He hates the Muslims. He hates the Buddhists. He hates every person because they can be redeemed. And He's doing all that He can to destroy them. Do you see what I'm saying? You look at all that's happening in the world and God wants us, you and I, to be about His business. And that's rescuing people. Now the enemies that work to blind the world, to deceive them, to discourage every person, He can. In fact, John 8.44 says this. Do I have the Scriptures? I hope I do. John 8.44 says this. This is speaking of the devil. You belong to your father and religious people. The devil, who wants to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So in other words, Satan is a liar all the time. We thought politicians were bad. Satan, forgive me if you're a politician. I will pray for you, okay? I'll pray for me too. But Satan is a liar and his language is lie. Some of you, your native language is Spanish or, 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 or you know, uh, French or or, or Ghanaian or whatever language you're, you have. But Satan's native language is lying, so he always lies. He is the author of lies. And then, Revelation 12, 10 and 11, not only does he lie, but he is... Man, do you remember growing up and you had someone always bugging you and accusing you? Yeah, that, they're the trouble. Satan is like that. He is, he is accusing you before God. Isn't that sick? Of all the people, the liar. He's up there. Hey, Pastor Dave is, is this. Pastor Stan is this. Shelly is this. He's up there lying to God about I. He is a loser. Revelation 12, 10 and 11 says, Then I heard a voice, a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have, have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ. For the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives as much as to shrink back from death. He accuses us day and night. What a loser. I mean, he is a loser. And so, so, so listen to this. Letter B, Satan's privation is to stall. Okay? Because Revelation 12:9, I just read it. I'll read it again. It says, The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who led the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now listen, if I were the devil, I would know from this point, from this scripture, from this point, that God's word always comes to pass. Okay? If I were the devil, I would know that God's word is true. Every word that God says comes to pass. Right? Would you agree with that? Come on, church. The Bible is true. I would would know that, and because I knew that, I would try to make you think that God is not reliable or dependable. If I were the devil, I would try to make you think that his word was not true. Do you see that happening in our society today? Do you see what I'm talking about? If, if I were the devil in my dark, shriveled up heart, and I'm not the devil, okay? I'm Stan Nelson. I love Jesus. I hate the devil. Uh, but if I were the devil in my dark, shriveled up heart, I would I would make the word of God seem like a lie and not relevant to our society today. Do you see what I'm saying? And I would know that every word of God comes to pass. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not feel? So if I was the devil and I knew the scripture, the devil knows the scripture, I would do all that I could to stall and keep the church from being effective. Do you see what I'm saying? I would keep you bummed out, burned out, discouraged, distracted, angry. Do you see what I'm saying? I would keep you so focused on your job, your finances, your health. I would keep you so fi- focused on your sports teams, focused on your hobbies, your habits, that you have no time to tell people about Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? So the devil keeps us stalled and is running around keeping the church from being about what God has called us to do. Because here's why. Revelation 20.10, you want a script? Revelation 20.10, And the devil who deceived was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast... Prophets have been thrown, tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, if I were the devil and I knew that, I would do all that I could to to prolong that. Do you see what I'm saying? So the devil has a te- te- no, technique, and it's called stalling. He wants you and I to be stalled. He wants you and I to waste our time. And then in Mark four fourteen, it says, "And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then come." Okay, so if I were the devil and I knew Revelation 20:10 and I knew Matthew 24:14, I would stall. I would make the church get distracted. You see what I'm saying? Are you following me so I can move on? Yes. If I were the devil, I would know that the gospel must be preached to all nations, and then I know that my time would be running out. And as long as I could keep as if the devil if the devil can keep the gospel being preached, then he's okay. As long as he can keep the gospel falls of the church because of political correctness, because of fear, because of busyness, he can continue to cause problems on this earth. So let's talk about the letter C. The doctrine of come and go. Second Peter. Do I have the scripture? Second Peter. Let me read it on the screen. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives... As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. I underlined it and I, I, I telecised I it. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven. So, the Bible says not only are we to look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, we're to do what? Pastor Dave's the only one that read it. You read the beginning. It's verse 12. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. The church is to speed the coming of Jesus Christ. Some of us, well, where's God? Oh, Get out and preach the gospel. The more we preach the gospel, the more people come to know Jesus, the faster Jesus comes. I, I mean, I love this world, but I can't wait to be in heaven. I love being here. I love my life. I love my family. I, love, I enjoy life, but I'm going I'm to enjoy heaven much more. You see, the Bible says we must get out. The church must get out. Revelation 3.11 says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Revelation 22.7 Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy in this book. We We are saying, Come, Lord. And Jesus is saying, Go, church. We're saying, Come, Lord. And Jesus is saying, What? Go. Come. Go. Come, go. So, so we keep calling, oh, please, God, rescue us. Rescue, rescue us from this world. And Jesus is saying, will you go? Go. Go. The sooner you go, the sooner I come back. And you see, the church in America and some other countries, we have this focus that it's all about us. It's about us and how we have nice things and, and, and we get focused on us. And we're like, oh, God. And we sit in the church and we sing our songs. We have our nice sermons. We have all the nice stuff. And we don't go. And we're saying, oh God, would you, this world is evil, it's going to burn, and it's going to burn until we get out there. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have this gospel of come and go. In fact, there might even be some angels in heaven who have their own doctrines of when they think the church will go. One angel might say to the other, when do you think the church will go into the world? Pre, post, or mid? This supposed to be a joke. You didn't get it. Alright, let's move on. The focus of the church should be on the coming of the Lord by going. Amen? We must go so He can come. And if I were the devil, if I were the devil, I would totally be committed to keeping the church from going into all the world and preaching the gospel. I would make it politically incorrect to talk about Jesus at your workplace. I would make it... I mean, it's funny that you could talk about anything else, but you can't mention Jesus unless it's a curse word. Isn't that amazing? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And you need to stop being afraid of the political po- powers of the world. You need to say, I'm afraid of God. Because see, here's why, 2 Corinthians 4, four: the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And if I were the devil, I would keep people blinded and I would keep the church quiet so they could not receive salvation. Amen? Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me talk about six schemes Six schemes. There's more, but there's six schemes that Satan is using to keep the church from preaching the gospel. Number one, I would marginalize evangelism and missions. I would marginalize evangelism and missions. I, I would departmentalize evangelism and missions. I would make it a department. Because see if it's a department, then no one's going to take responsibility. That's not my department. That's not my job. That's someone else's job. And so and, and so, the Bible says that we're to go into all the world. Amen? Were to go into all the world. And if I could keep the church from becoming the church that it's supposed to be, then I would be doing a good job if I were the devil, right? If if I were the devil, I would see the church has a mission's emphasis and not a mission's passion.
1: If I were the devil, I would
0: see that the church believed in evangelism, that it's the pastor's job to do the evangelism. That it's, it's, it's the associate's pastor's job to do the evangelism. If, if that was me, I would keep the church... I would allow them to have a missions conscience, but not a missions commitment. That's why I'm happy on the missions thing. That God would make us go out and say, you know what, the mission, God, your mission is my mission. Amen? My first priority would, would be to keep the church from going on. In fact, it, it's been said that the first 300 centuries, the first 300 years, uh, the, sorry, the first 300 years of the church the church did not send a lot of missionaries out because they wanted to keep the doctrine pure. And if I were the devil, those were some good years. And the church began to wake up. and I mean, they're they're going all over the place. But if I were the devil, I would keep the church so busy in all its ministries and anxious about all the hundreds of details involved in running the church that they wouldn't have time to do evangelism. You see what I'm saying? I would get the church so focused on finances and facilities that the doomed... And the damned and the dying would not hear the gospel. Listen to this. This is a saying I I ran across. It says, the the really idle man gets nowhere, but the perpetually busy man gets no further. You see, some of you, you've all seen that little hamster or that gerbil in the wheel. And you see that this world, that's the way they, 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 they make our lives. We're chasing after. We're in the wheel. We're chasing. We're running around. We're just a lot of activity, but we're not getting a lot accomplished. And sometimes even in the church, we we have a lot of activity with church stuff, but we're not getting a lot accomplished. And I want to say, God, help us to be busy with doing the right things. Lord, set our jobs and and our workplaces to be missionaries. Amen? The second process, the second lie, the second thing that I would use is I would get Christians to focus on this world and not the next one. Live for right now, because right now is all you got, baby. I mean, that would be my mentality. If I was the devil, I would make people think that this is the show, not the show coming after an eternity. This is not the show. How many of you like to go to movies? How many of you know what movies are? Okay, let me tell you. If you've never been to a movie, when you go to the movie, they have these previews. And then there's the movie, right? I know some of you don't go. But you see, a lot of times in the church, we think that the previews are the movie. And God's eternity is the real thing. And so this time on earth is a preview to what's going to happen in eternity. And so we live our whole life thinking that this is it. And we spend our time chasing after the things of the world. And there's nothing wrong with having nice things. Okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. But this world is not our home. Amen? Second Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. The third thing, if I were the devil, I would teach that the purpose of prosperity is to see how much stuff we could accumulate. I know I talk about this, and, I, and I'm not against you having stuff, and God wants you to have stuff, but He doesn't want the stuff to have you. Amen? You see, my motto, if I were the devil, would be, shop till you drop, buy till you die, spend to the end. Those would be my models. okay? You're supposed to laugh at those. I would get Christians to love earthly treasures more than heavenly treasures. I would get them to believe that the tempor- temporary investment in things is more important than the eternal things of God. The eternal things. If I were the devil, I would change fashions every four months. How many of you men and women have things left over from the 80s in your closets? Coming back, aren't they? Some of you bought something last week and it's already out of fashion, right? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 19-21. Listen to what Jesus said. Okay, verse 19. Are you Ready? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust, rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not rest, do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will do. How many of you know when Jesus says "do not," he means "do not"? It would almost take a th- to make "do not" mean something different. It would take us not listening to the Word of God. And John Wesley said, it's just as wrong to store present treasure on earth as it is to do anything else Jesus told us not to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with having retirement, nothing wrong with nice things, but if we think this is all there is, we're in trouble. And God says, don't just keep it here, but send it ahead. You send it ahead by giving the missions. You send it ahead by, by tithing. You send it ahead by giving it to people who need it. Amen? I mean, how many winter coats do you need? If you've got five, I mean, I know I have a couple, three. I have a ski jacket. I have a nice dress jacket. I have one that's for work when I'm at work,ing and I don't want to rip up my nice work jacket. I understand, and I do. I feel blessed. But how many shoes do we need? How many purses? I'm going to ruffle some more feathers. How many TVs? How many cars? How many you fill in the blanks? If I were the devil, I would make the church focus on the things of this world. Number four, if I was the devil, I would make sure the Great Commission became the Great Omission. I would make sure the Great Commission became the Great Omission. Instead of going into all the world and make disciples, I would make it the the popular doctrine stay home, build nice facilities, and teach yourselves over and over and over and over again how to be disciples. If I were the devil, I would do that. And I would keep the church busy, coming and just having services. Oswald J. Smith said this, Why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once? If I were the devil, I would convince everybody that there's plenty of time. Calm down, Pastor Stan. You don't need to preach messages like this. You're driving people off. You don't need to talk like this. We have plenty of time. Let me give you a a little note. We don't have plenty of time. I mean, look at you. You're getting old. Look at you. Something when you. I mean, we're sagging, aren't we? Our chest has dropped into our drawers, right? Some of us. Some be like, not me, Pastor. When you walk out, you it's going to drop, right? I mean, I mean, come on. This world is running out of time. Every one of us is one heartbeat. Listen, one heartbeat away from eternity. is ticking. The clock is ticking. What are we spending our time on? Are we spending our time doing what God wants us to do? You see, Robert Moffat said, you have all eternity to celebrate your victories, but one short hour to win them. You see, many people live 70, 80, maybe 90 years. And life is really short, amen? We need to get busy because listen to this, every, every day... 35,000 people die without ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. An average of 35,000 people a day die without ever hearing the gospel of Christ. That's too many. Amen? Psalm 39, 4-6 says, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man is is life is but a breath. Selah. Man is a mere phantom. As he goes to and from, he bustles about, and only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. If I were the devil, I would make sure we wasted our time on trivial pursuits. And that a whole generation would die off without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number five, if I were the devil, I would encourage Christians to pray for the harvest. Wait a minute, Sam, Praying is not a bad thing. Absolutely not. But think about what God the Bible says, yes, prayers and intercessions are to be made for all mankind. But it also says, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. And many times you and I hide behind the prayers of, Oh God, would you ripen the harvest? Would you, would you help those out there? And that's a good prayer. But when we hide behind that prayer and we don't go out, we're wasting time. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen to me, please listen to me. We hope someone will go. Because we don't have time. Because we're busy. You see listen to this nobody gets saved listen nobody gets saved through prayer alone someone has to tell them the gospel prayer is good but someone has to be the agent that pre- presents the gospel i know jesus though has also made himself known he's manifested his presence to people i know that but for the big, the biggest agent remember ephesians 3:10 the manifest wisdom of god is made known through the church jesus never told us to pray for the harvest he told us to go to the harvest. Can you imagine a corn farmer praying over a ripe harvest that, it, that needs Can you imagine that? How many of you know what corn is? How many like corn? How many of you are just ignoring me now? How many like popcorn? How many like food, tortilla chips? I mean, just... I mean, it, it, some of you might be allergic to corn, but you see, can you imagine a corn farmer, the harvest is ripe, and, and, and we'll be having corn here in a few months, and you, it's beginning to grow? Can you imagine a corn farmer just walking around and saying, Oh Lord, ripen the ripe harvest? Oh, I mean, what's that farmer doing? What's he pray? He's praying not for the harvest to be ripened. He's praying for workers. And God is saying to the church, the harvest is ripe. And we go, oh, God, ripen the harvest. Oh, God, send someone else. Send someone. Oh, Lord God, the harvest. Send, send, make it riper. And the, har- and the Bible says the harvest is ripe. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers. In fact, in your prayer, not only send Pastor, Stan and Pastor Dave and the missionaries, but you used to say, God, send me. Here am I. Send me to my co-workers, my family, my neighbors, people that I know. Amen? See, it's not that the harvest is not ready. It's the church seems not to be ready. Luke ten two says, He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus is serious. He wants the harvest. Church, He wants to send us. Amen? The need is not the ripe harvest. The need is for you and I to go to the harvest. The sixth thing, if I were the devil, the sixth thing, if I were the devil, if I were the devil, I would make the church think that the power of the Holy Spirit has been sent to bless them. If I were the devil, I would make them think that the power of the Holy Spirit has been sent to bless them, not to empower them. I would see to it that there was a bless me focus in the church. Bless me, Lord. Help me. Anoint me. Appoint me. Prosper me. Heal me. Deal me. Feel me thrill me, teach me, reach me, enlighten me, build me, encourage me, inspire me, satisfy me, saturate me, appease me, please me, grant me, grace me, give me, more, more, me, 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 me. That's the cry of the church. That's my cry sometimes. When I have to repent saying, God, forgive me. Again, me. That my focus is about me. That's not my neighbor. It's not my co It's not my family. You see, I love the moving and I want more of the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in us. I love it when God gives us a word and a knowledge or interpretation. I love to hear about the healing power. And we're going to pray for Christian in a few minutes because they have another surgery coming up. And I want to pray God's manifest healing over them. But God give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not just for the church, but to go out. Amen? And if I were the devil, if I could keep the church focused on prophesying over itself, having words over itself, having, having uh, good services, then I would be doing a good job. Especially if the church doesn't go. Amen? I know this was a heavy sermon, and I know it was kind of supposed to be kind of jovial about saying, if I were the devil. But church, we've been given power through the Holy Spirit. We've been given authority through Jesus Christ. And it's time for us to rise up and see the enemy defeated. Would you stand with me this morning? I have a couple more things that I'm going to talk about. You see, friends, I'm not, I'm not trying to discourage you alone, but God is doing something all over the earth. And if you've not noticed, but I think He's tired of waiting on the church in America. Because now churches from other countries are sending missionaries to the United States. Korea is sending missionaries to the United States. Africa is sending missionaries to the United States. Australia is sending missionaries to the United States. Why? Because the church in America is sleeping. The devil and his six tactics are doing a good job in the church, keeping us from being... Listen, in the last decade, the government of Africa has converted to Jesus Christ. Isn't that... Oh, come on! Amen. That's great, Pastor. That's fine. That's great. Over half the population of Brazil, Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador are born again. Because of you and I praying and going and sending. Every seven weeks in Latin America, another listen, another million Latin Americans are born again. God is doing something, okay? That's awesome. Already forty percent over forty percent of Chile, Bolivia or let me say it the right way, Chile, Bolivia, and Costa Rica are Bible believing Christians. Between 25,000 and 35,000 in red China. God is doing something. Amen? I showed you before the conversion rate is now four times faster than the world birth rate. God is doing something. Church, I want to be a part of that. Here, here, I want Rockville, Gaithersburg, Germantown, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, Potomac, North Potomac, Montgomery County. The D.C. area, the whole eastern seaboard, I want all the United States, I want every nation to experience the love of God. And God is calling the church in America, would you come and be my servant? Would you come and be the light to this dying world? We can do it one person at a time. One person at a time. Would you say, God, send me to that one person you've put on my heart as Pastor stands and preaching this message. Father, would you help the church to awaken to what you've called us to do? Lord, it's not popular to preach the gospel anymore. It's not popular to stand up. And Lord, I know everyone in this room is busy, and I'm not trying to be mean. But Father, help us to cut aside activities that are wasting our time. Help us to to focus. Let us not pray for the harvest. Let us go to the harvest. Let us not have the, the gospel of the great omission, but let us obey the great commission, God. Let us not be distracted in just having church activities. But Lord, help us to go out and be a blessing. Would you deliver the church from always wanting a blessing from you? And Lord, send us out to be a blessing, Father God. God, your cry is that we would be the rescuers. That we would stop asking to be rescued all the time, but we would start going out and rescuing those who are lost. Yes, we need rescue. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need healing. we need provision. But Father, we have the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go out. And Father, you're putting it on everyone in this room to go and to be your disciples and be salt and light. So I'm asking in Jesus' name, would you send us, send us to our schools, our workplaces, our homes, our neighborhoods, the sports fields, God, the the classrooms, the places that we shop, the places we eat, that we would be the agents of change, Father God. Father, there are some in this room, they need to be freed up from the attacks and the oppression of the enemy. Lord, the enemy is on an onward slot to silence the church. Father, there are some in this room that are that are under attack. And I'm asking that you would free them from that attack. Friends, with your eyes closed. With your eyes closed. And your heads bowed. And you say, Pastor Stan, I am under attack from the enemy. I want God's help. Would you raise your hand? I am under attack from the enemy right now. Put your hand up. I need God's help. Hands up right now. I Say, I need God's help. Okay, put your hands down. Father, for my brothers and sisters that raise their hands, I speak victory in their lives in Jesus' name. I speak the power of Jesus Christ. I speak the blood of Jesus over them the victory of the cross. Now, Satan, I rebuke you. I bind you. We take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And just as it says in Revelation 12, that we overcame you with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We speak your work done. We curse you. We command you to pay back seven times what you stole according to Proverbs chapter 6 when it says a thief is caught. He must pay back seven times what he stole. You must pay back seven times what you stole from my friends here in this room. I curse you from their lives. Now, Lord Jesus, let my friends that raised their hand and said, I need help, Father, would you rescue them? Would you give them provision? Would you give them power? Would you give them the victory? And let them have their faith in you this morning, that your name will be exalted in their lives, God, in Jesus' name. Now, here with your eyes still closed, your eyes still closed, with your eyes still closed, and I'm going to close my eyes for a second too, with your head still bowed, somebody saying, Pastor Stan, I need my focus to change. I need my focus to change this world to the, the eternal world to being about the Father's business. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, I I want my focus to change. Put your hand up. I need my focus to change from this life to the next. Put your hands up. If that's you, now put your hands down. If you'd raise your hand, put your hands down. Father, for us that raise our hands, I ask personally for forgiveness of being focused on this world. I do. I get focused on this world. I get focused on taking care of my family, which is a good thing. I get focused on taking care of my bills. That's a good thing. But Father, sometimes I get over-focused on those things. And Father, it says in Matthew 6.33 that if I seek first the kingdom of God, all these things, meaning all my provisions, will be taken care of. And Father, we are so focused on this world. Help us to be delivered from this world. This world has nothing for us. All that's gold, all that's glitter, all that stuff's going to come to naught. And Father, this is the pre-show to the show of eternity. And so Lord, help us to start renewing and doing the right things. Now the last thing, I'm going to close my eyes still with your, with your eyes closed. Would you raise your hand and say I have a friend that needs Jesus and I want to go to them. I want to be a vessel. Would you raise your hand and say I want to be the I want to be.